0: Welcome back to a fresh new season of Health Charcha. I'm Deepya Hooja, podcast producer, HD Smartcast, and your host and host on this podcast, where we will discuss all of the burning health-related questions you, my dear listener, might have in mind. So, let's begin. When in doubt, listen to your heart, they say. Something that holds true till date, in my opinion. In the last episode, we spoke of aortic stenosis, a deadly disease that can affect your heart young hearts uh, at birth and even old hearts similarly we covered what as is how it affects our lifestyle lifespan its causes and symptoms and if you haven't listened to the previous episode i'd strongly suggest you go ahead and do that because hey when it comes to scary stuff like the matters of the heart ironically logic kicks in doesn't it (laughs) Anyway, in this episode, we will try and take a brave step towards finding out the tests and treatments if we or our loved ones have had the prognosis of having AS. After all, let's face it, we are still living in COVID times, and even the smallest things are well terrifying. So, yeto aortic stenosis, hai? Ki <laughs> To discuss with us tests and treatments of AS in this episode, we have with us Dr. Ashwin B. Mehta, HOD and Director of Cardiology, Juslok Hospital and Research Centre, Mumbai. Hello, Dr. Mehta. How are you? Welcome to Health Chacha.
1: Hi, Dipti. I'm fine. I suppose you're good too.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, Dr. Mehta, you know, we'll take the bull by the horns, right? Uh, What are the kind of tests that are performed to diagnose aortic stenosis?
1: Okay, first of all, the history taking is the most important. Hmm. You must listen to what patient has to say. And they usually describe three symptoms. A, they may have a chest pain. B, they may experience breathlessness or they may have episodes of blackout or fainting. Once I see this kind of symptoms in an elderly gentleman, I am on my alert. And um, then I begin to examine him and some of them, Dipti, you'll be surprised, some of them even can hear murmur in the heart because sometimes the aortic stenosis murmur is very, very loud. Mm. And uh, they, they may even put their hand on the chest and say that I'm feeling some kind of a murmur in my hands. Uh, therefore, uh, uh, they may come with these kind of symptoms. And the moment uh, I begin his examination, the first thing is to do a general examination. Hmm. And he might have a swelling of the feet. His pulse may look a little different. Um, there is a there technicality, which I do not want to go into details. Mm-hmm. And uh, he may have even irregular heartbeat. But the most important, when I put a stethoscope on his chest, I hear a very loud murmur and mm-hmm. certain stage of the heart's beat, and uh, it is known technically as systolic murmur. It doesn't matter; you don't have to worry about what systolic or diastolic. <laughs> Thank but you. just for for curiosity. Yes. And then then I proceed to take ECG, two D mm. echo, and X-ray chest.
0: Right. Uh, You mentioned that it happens to uh, people who are in their old age. Is that true or can aortic stenosis happen to just about anybody?
1: Well, if you ask me that way, Dipti, there is congenital aortic stenosis also. Hmm. And that that kind of disease sometimes may manifest itself in a newborn period. The newborn period is defined as up to one month of the birth. And uh, it could be at that time, or it may be exhibited a little later on. And importantly, in an adolescent or a a young individual, it may be rheumatic aortic stenosis. And uh, this is extremely common in our country, uh, though the rheumatic fever is eradicated practically in the well-developed countries. But in our country, we do see sometimes rheumatic fever leading to aortic stenosis but what we are mainly focusing now is mm-hmm. the aortic stenosis which uh, appears in the late age due to degenerative changes the right. aortic valve undergoes a structural change it gets deteriorated due to wear and tear and aging and mm-hmm. that aortic stenosis is the one which i think we are going to discuss in detail
0: yes and now that you've mentioned uh, we are also going to discuss congenital diseases in later episodes. But now, for aortic stenosis purposes, I'm sure there are some treatment options available for this disease. Please tell us what those treatment options are like. What do they look like? Uh, what can people avail?
1: Okay, uh, the, the, the modern science offers uh, three pathways for the treatment. One, medical treatment. Mm-hmm. Two, interventional treatment. Interventional, the term interventional treatment means that you do not uh, offer an invasive treatment like surgery, uh, but a minimum, minimum invasion. I would not say zero invasion, but minimum invasion. In A fully conscious state, fully conscious state in a state of awareness. And the third one is a surgery. Hmm. Um, Of these, the medical treatment uh, does not work. And if it all works, it's first just temporarily and then for the relief of symptoms. And that's about all or mm-hmm. achieving fitness for the subsequent procedure. Uh, two important treatment is, um, one is the, uh, what we call it is a TAVI or trans catheter valve implantation or trans catheter replacement, TAVI or TAVR. Right. That is one. And that is, uh, uh, I, I'm happy to say that uh, my very dear friend, Dr. Alain Cribier in Rouen working in France, uh, he started this for the first time in the whole world. Right. Alakribi. Mm. And uh, he's a wonderful man, actually. He's now retired and he comes to India very often right. because um, he believed in Aurobindo, so he used to visit uh, Pondicherry.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what is uh, Tavi again? Like you said, you were... Was- okay. okay.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, let me explain to you. Yeah. The Val, which is enclosed in a hollow tube called catheter,
0: mm-hmm. is
1: taken through the groin right up to the aortic valve, our normal aortic valve, patient's valve. Right. This right. is done, this is done under fluoroscopic guidance. And it's an approximately five millimeter tube, which is, encloses the valve. And mm-hmm. when we take this tube right up to the valve, we cross the valve, open up the valve with the balloon to start with, and then mm-hmm. deposit that valve there. And come out so simple as that, no wow. cut, no wound, no pain, no anesthesia, fully conscious wow. patient, and that yes. I think is a miraculous thing, fantastic yeah. thing, yeah, yeah. Within yeah. within about forty five minutes, a patient could be forty five minutes to about an hour and a half. A patient is back into his ICU, and he can listen to his. Uh, ipad or ipod whatever it may be or music and <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this is so simple as that
0: you said there are two kinds so one is TAVI or TAVR what is the huh? other kind
1: this TAVI is the name for the same procedure but uh, oh. in, uh, uh, in Europe they call it TAVI in United States they call it TAVR but mm. it, they are synonymous mm-hmm. they are synonymous now comes to the third procedure mm. and that is surgery Till hmm. 2004, where Anna Kribian did the first case. You know, Dipti, what kind of a case they gave him to do? The government gave permission to do a kind of case whose anticipated survival was only 24 hours.
0: Oh. And
1: you can imagine what kind of guts and courage Dr. Kribiet must have developed so as to perform a procedure, a brand new procedure being done for the first time in human beings, Uh, And that too anticipated survival of only 24 hours. And he did it very successfully. Subsequently, of course, uh, the treatment uh, modality got uh, developed so rapidly. And it has become now so simple that with some training, a a good cardiologist can offer Tavi to his patients quite easily. Okay, now talking to the surgery. Yes. Surgery, Surgery is a major procedure. And um, I do not want people to get an impression that everything can be done by tower. I just want to say that some people uh, in whom tower is not practical, we may have to offer surgery to them. Why not practical? Because of certain technical issues. And um, their surgery requires opening the chest from the middle of the chest. It's about 8 to 10 inches of incision. Yeah, and like Anumanji, the chest is spread yeah, apart. Yeah. And um, yeah, so sometimes I joke that with the patient after surgery, asks me, doctor, what did you see? I say, I, I I, tell them that I saw your wife in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: That's such yeah. a nice way to <laughs> make things calmer and cooler for these guys, for all of yeah. your patients.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then, um, uh, so then the, this surgery is usually about three to four hours. Mm. And Mm. this is actually an open-heart surgery. They have to open the heart, place the valve there, remove the old valve, stitch Mm. it. Now, by and large, since at this point of time, Mm. the tower, the valve which we put uh, by the catheter-based treatment uh, has a life of about 10 to 12 years. Mm. So therefore, if the patient is young in his uh, early 40s or late 40s, and if he has an aortic stenosis, or even that way, 50 years also, I don't offer tower. Then I offer mechanical valve, which lasts for about 20 years or even more. Mm. Now, a young man lives longer. Elderly man requires relief for 10 years. Right. But the young man may live about 20 years, 25 years. So if the man is 50, then I would encourage him to undergo surgical treatment. Till we develop that kind of valve, which is uh, offering relief for more than 20 years, then, of course, the scenario will change. But right now, surgery is a treatment. Makes sense. Right. Also, it's the other way. Not everybody can be offered surgery. The -hmm. surgeons themselves will refuse to operate in patients. For example, people who have undergone radiation for malignancy on the chest, they have such a dirty chest, so rigid chest, the surgeon would not be able to you know open it. Oh. People who have had the people who have had the previous surgeries a couple of times, mm. then also there are so much of adhesions that the surgeon is disappointed to accept such kind of cases. Then tower becomes very handy.
0: Right, makes sense.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: So, Doctor Mehta, people are still scared of you know going under the knife and. No matter what time, right? Whether it be pandemic or non-pandemic. So I like to go into the night? What so the let heck? me ha so let me ask you, is it possible to treat valve diseases without any kind of intervention with medication alone? Is it possible?
1: I wish, Dipti, that was possible. I wish. But oh. it is just not possible. This is a mechanical problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, no medication can ever affect mechanical deformity. To give you an example, if there's a hole in the heart, it's common sense that medications cannot work. Hmm. Similarly, if the doors are diseased and closed or narrowed, mechanical problem, and the medications just can't work. Hmm. However, temporarily you can support the heart with medication and bring it to such optimal level so that we can offer him a tower or a surgery with the increased margin of safety.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, but uh, what happens to patients if they don't get uh, you know, the treatment done or ignore the recommendations given to them by doctors? What happens to them?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Once the patient is symptomatic with aortic stenosis, unfortunately, the lifespan, life expectancy... Is very short. Hmm. To just give you an example, one who develops the heart failure—that means the one who develops breathlessness—he does not live for more than six months to a year. So oh. it's it's a bad news. But yeah. you know, you know, after all, the patient is the master of his own heart, his own health. Yes. So if he says to the doctor, "I have lived enough. I just do not wish to live." Uh, any further and i'll accept i don't want to undergo any procedure i heard you loud and clear but uh, i wish to accept the eventuality and Hmm. then i think of course uh, i support as much as i can with medication i don't refuse but i respect it which i explained to him but then having understood if he has decided that well he wants to not undergo tower or surgery and I respect his
0: wish. I hear you. I mean and and I'm glad that you know you there are uh, doctors out there who are daring enough to actually listen and respect the wishes of the patient. Um, And of course, the family members also. But, you know, this uh, makes me understand. And I mean, I could be totally wrong and you could correct me. Uh, But this makes me uh, realize that not only does a patient, uh, you know, they can avoid going to a point of no return. They can also live healthier lives as well. If everything, if health, if heart is in the patient's hand, um, then they can do uh, not only go to that, end where they say that okay this is it that's it i don't want to do any anymore they can also go to the other end where they say that okay i'm going to go through that treatment and i'm also going to learn how to live a healthier life um and if we you know glorify bionic parts you know we've all been glorifying them we've all been seeing these different kinds of designs for bionic parts So then why not consider a simple solution for heart right um So, could you please tell me a little more about SAVR?
1: All right. Dipti, let me simplify. Hmm. First of all, patient is admitted a couple of days prior to anticipated surgery. On the day of surgery, from previous night onwards, he is fasting. Uh, The whole procedure is done under general anesthesia. And the patient's procedure may last from anything of uh, three to four hours. The incision is taken right from the upper end of the sternum all throughout the sternum by cutting the sternum way across deep down and separating the chest into two parts separately. Mm-hmm. The heart is brought onto the surface and the mm-hmm. patient undergoes cardiopulmonary bypass. That means the patient's heart is quiet, not working, empty And the whole circulation is taken by a machine, which is called heart-lung machine, outside. Then the patient's aorta is opened and the valve is located and surgically cut and removed. The new valve is brought, the size is measured, and the surgeon puts the new valve in position and sutures it all around by what we call the pursing suture. After suturing, the chest is Gradually, the heart is closed. The patient is taken off the bypass. The patient is now slowly brought back into his own heart, uh, back into the action, taking charge of circulation. And then the chest is closed. After that, the patient uh, slowly regains consciousness when he comes out of anesthesia. And then uh, he has to stay in the ICU for a period varying from two days to about 4 to 5 days and he stays in the hospital for about 7 days during this time he has been given frequently the painkillers the, the mm. chest pain you know sometimes you hurt your leg somewhere with the chair or arm or a table and how badly the bone hurts yeah. here you have opened up you made two pieces out of the sternum so it hurts a lot yeah. and the stitches are that the, 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 the uh, i should say the sternum is sutured by the steel wires by the wires made up of steel. And mm. uh, that I think uh, also hurts. And by the time patient is fully up above and active to go to his office, or even for that matter, go to his golf course, it takes <laughs> anything for four to eight weeks. On right. the contrary, the patient who undergoes tower could have a breakfast after two hours. Yeah. And sip his cup of coffee, listen to the music by iPod and talk to his family, a video chat uh, with his family members, and he stays in the ICO for a day only. The next day or the third day, he's discharged, and he will go back to his office on the day four. So that's wow. a big difference in the, in the quality of treatment. And I should the- not say quality of treatment in that way, but mm-hmm. that is the, the patient's experience.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that sounds like a lot to recover from. Um, And I definitely want to know a little more about TAVR or TAVI. Uh, Could you please tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Okay. I think a very, very valid question. Very valid. We must all know that we all are finite. Hmm. And I cannot make anybody to go beyond 100 years. Of course. No. So, when the people have already crossed an anticipated life expectancy, my concentration is on the quality of life. Mm -hmm. It is quite possible that if I replace the valve and he starts playing golf, but seven, eight, nine months down the line, he may develop prosthetic cancer. Now, the benefits of the prosthetic cancer, I mean, the benefits of the tower are wiped out. because now the prognosis is decided by the prosthetic cancer. So I do not guarantee the improvement in life expectancy, but Mm -hmm. I do do assure him a quality of life. And believe me, the average life expectancy in our country is 67, 68 years. It may improve over the the course of time, and it Mm -hmm. may become even more, but uh, then the man who is uh, 70, 75 knows very well that uh, I do not have a very long period. I've I've traveled more than three-fourths of my journey. And therefore, what I want to live is a good quality of life, enjoy my life with my family, my grandchildren, and whatnot. So many of them uh, have that goal in their mind. And they also are aware and very, very conscious about that. They do not have a long life to go, but a better life ahead of them after the Treatment of aortic stenosis.
0: Interesting. I'm I'm, you know, now realizing that um there is no correct formula, right? Like there is no set formula for everybody. No. Uh, everyone has a different condition, and at the age group that they come to you for a treatment, the treatment is decided accordingly. Right. Uh, So say, for example, if there is someone uh, who is really young, you'd rather just go for SAVR, which is the open heart surgery. If someone is, uh, you know, probably in their old age or they've crossed, uh, say, 50, according to you, uh, you definitely... No,
1: no, 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 no. Uh, Let me correct you. Uh, 50 still could be considered as young age because many of
0: them,
1: I would say about 65.
0: Okay, so if they are yeah. in the old age and they've crossed that, you know, senior citizen age group, right? Yeah. Okay. or
1: anti- anticipated life expectancy like 65, 67. And so. Right, so yeah.
0: there is when you would recommend TAVR or TAVI um, so that uh, you can Im- at least improve, if not life expectancy, the quality of life, right? True. Uh, now, You know, say for example, there is a person who is middle age or whichever age. How does one make that decision for oneself? What treatment option would be the best suited for my condition? So say for example, you give all the uh, options, right? Yes. But ultimately they have to make the, uh, the patient has to make the decision. So how do they decide that?
1: Well, I think um, that requires considerations of various factors. Right. Social, financial, that is economical, and also medical. Hmm. Well, let me take one more. Sure. Uh, at this point of time, a tower is an expensive treatment. Hmm. The valve cost could range uh, something like 15 lakhs of rupees upwards. And uh, not many people... afford that kind of a cost and it's quite possible i'm sure that over a period of time the cost will come down Hmm. the second issue is that um, the surgical treatment Hmm. requires many times taking blood thinners and if the man is from such a remote place that the accurate control of blood thinner by regular blood test is not possible because he has no access to the laboratory Then also, I would consider to use um, a tower or even a bioprocesses. You know, bioprocess is a different kind of a valve done surgically. Uh, That way, tower also is a bioprocess, which is made from animal tissues. And uh, those kinds of valves do not require blood thinner. So that is another consideration that I have to keep in mind. Hmm. And the third one is the patient's age. If the Hmm. patient is... uh, 75, or patient is very fragile and the patient is very high risk for surgery Mm. due to a variety of reasons. The heart is very, very weak or the patient has severe comorbidities, he has a bleeding diathesis, he has a past history of stroke and all those things are there, then I would weigh in favor of TAVR. So this I explained, the medical background, of a patient varies from patient to patient this i explain to the patient properly then i take, take into consideration the social status of the patient his economic uh, uh, capabilities and all and then i give him a consolidated opinion
0: right and uh what are some of the common tests performed before you know you actually give them these treatment options or while, uh, you know, you are considering these treatment options for the patients. I mean, just for general knowledge, just so that people know that, because
1: and
0: sometimes, you know, just having so many tests done on you is so overwhelming, right? So hmm. what are some of the common tests which are generally performed on people uh, before okay. these treatment options are given?
1: Okay. Moment I have made a clinical diagnosis of aortic stenosis, the first thing is that I take an electrocardiogram in my own office. Hmm. That that tells me about so many. That tells me a lot of uh, facts and figures about the patient's uh, uh, condition. And this would be uh, an ECG will tell you whether the left ventricle, the pumping chamber of the heart, is strong, enlarged, dilated. Two. It tells me about conduction disturbances. Conduction disturbances means the upper chambers and the lower chambers. Do they contract in synchrony or not? Mm-hmm. And then after that, I, I do the echocardiography on the patient. The echocardiogram will tell me precisely the valve is calcified, the valve is narrowed, what is the extent, what is the opening, the size of the valve, or what is the valve's uh, uh, moments, and that those things. Is the valve leaking or not leaking? That also I come to know from echocardiography. The mm. Then I also check whether his carotid arteries are okay because sometimes while doing a procedure, it should not happen that some clot gets dislodged or a plaque gets dislodged and goes to the brain and the patient <clears> comes off uh, the table fine, but he has a stroke. That's a very, very disappointing. So I check the carotid arteries also. Then we perform certain blood tests also. Like, uh, what is his uh, kidney function? Because when we inject the contrast medium, the dye, the kidneys, uh, the dye that we inject in the angiography is not kidney friendly. So oh. we have to be careful about that. And also, I do coronary angiography. The patient's coronary arteries also I have to know in advance. So if they require any treatment, then I plan to either treat them simultaneously with the tower or I treat them before, or I treat them after. That's my my clinical judgment. So these are the tests uh, that we perform. Briefly, electrocardiography, echocardiography, x-ray chest, the blood examination, carotid uh, ultrasound, and uh, CT scan is the most important one for, not for surgeon, but for Uh us, tower. Why? The CT is so sensitive. It tells you everything about the valve, that what size of valve I would need to use in particular patient, whether this valve will fit properly, and whether there is enough calcium to hold this valve in position. Because you know, Dipti, we don't take stitches to this valve. The valve is stuck by its own force. So therefore, Mm -hmm. we have to know whether there is any holding that would ensure that the valve does not pop out. So all those things, uh, that information I get by doing a CT and geography. Also, we use a large bore catheters from the groin, so I need to know the size of the groin vessels. Usually, five millimeters is the minimum requirement for a groin vessel because the catheters and the tubes that we use they are big. So I need five millimeter. They all I find out by that the tortuosity because I have to travel and take the valve right up to the aorta. So all this information I get from city and geography, city and orthography.
0: Wow. Dr. Mehta you've definitely given us a lot to chew on and I somehow get the feeling that you know um, the person who's listening or the family that is listening are definitely intrigued by the TAVI treatment. Um, I've honestly you know love to pick your I mean I definitely want to pick your brains more. I have so many more questions but that's all the time that we've got on this episode. Um But uh, really, just the possibility of this disease affecting a loved one or oneself can be so overwhelming. And I would thank you uh, a lot for actually understanding and empathizing and explaining things in such a simple manner. Thank you so much, Dr. Mehta. My pleasure. That's it for this episode on Health HealthChurcha. If you want to know more about the diseases discussed in this podcast, please initiate a discussion with your physician. To get updates on Health HealthChurcha, follow at HTSmartCast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube or LinkedIn. And to listen to more such podcasts, log on to HTSmartCast.com or suno Naina nazariya This is a public awareness initiative supported by Medtronic. Views expressed are independent views of Dr. Ashwin B. Mehta, intended for general information and educational purposes only. They do not constitute any medical advice. Please consult your physician for any questions or concerns you may have regarding your condition. The doctor makes no recommendations or endorsements of any products or services.